0: Let's take a trip to the zoo, and then one more tale of our time-traveling teens. Stay tuned. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab. I'm Professor Theo. Welcome to the lab. The sounds of birds outside signal that spring is finally here. There's also quite a few birds in my lab as I study the art of flight. But you don't need to know too much about that. You will hear the occasional chirping in the background. There's a zoo in Splendid. Did you know? Appropriately called the splendid zoo. Animals keep breaking out. It's the strangest thing. First, the monkeys were everywhere, then the elephants. But this is not one of those tales. This is a tale of a happy day at the zoo. A big day at the zoo. Six lions ran to see. Five elephants squealed with glee. Four monkeys spread the word. To three gorillas, overheard by two bears, who wished the best, to that one giraffe, may she get rest on this most exciting day, for maybe the giraffe was going to have her baby. Joined eventually by two sloths and a turtle, and though they were there, neither could hurtle, as those animals are quite slow, you know, still... To see the baby giraffe they would go. All the splendid zoo animals had waited long To cheer and celebrate with song For that tall, lean giraffe whose calf was on its way In a day or half. Bats were there too, and so was a roo. Snakes slithered by as birds flew in the sky. Cheetahs ran quickly by porcupines prickly Animals were everywhere, and everyone just sat to stare. As night approached, the sky turned gray, but not one animal would turn away, for all somehow on this night felt that soon their hearts would surely melt. Some grew tired, held back a yawn, then suddenly, at the dawn, a loud cry out did warn. A new giraffe was indeed born. Mama named her Celeste, Celeste the best. One animal after another cheered until the zookeepers finally veered them back to their proper places, rushed through with satisfied faces. Yet those cheers, nice as they were, need to cease to give the mother and baby some much needed peace. Congratulations to that splendid giraffe and her young one, Celeste, perhaps a trip to the zoo will soon be in order. Some people think the experiments in my lab have something to do with the strange happenings of Splendid and with a a, a certain few particular incidents, with, with those excluded. That's all false. I have very little to do with what's happening in this town, The time-traveling teens, for instance. I have nothing to do with their adventures in time. They're good kids. I met them once on a field trip. They had come to Splendid to study, meet with professors. We had a nice long talk about time travel specifically. But their doings are their own. I have nothing to do with the hopper they invented and the many wondrous places it has taken them today. Time for the third and final story in our most recent Time Traveling Teens trilogy. Those Time Traveling Teens Return Again, Part 3. The McFly Middle School Science Club students Ava, Kat, Dana, and Elliot invented a time-traveling device that had blasted them way back to the time of dinosaurs, and much more. Their most recent adventures, back to the medieval times, had gotten them in big trouble. It wasn't that they accidentally blasted their principal back to an ancient dungeon. After all, they were able to rescue him. The trouble was something, or someone, they'd brought back with them to 2019. Bob... Prince Bob was a knight they met on their most recent time hop. He certainly was not supposed to come back with them. I'm really confused, Bob said, upon noticing the world around him had changed quite a bit. Our four time-traveling hoppers explained what had happened, though it was all difficult for Bob to grasp. They also explained that hopping him back to his home might be problematic, since Principal Cooper had destroyed their time-traveling device. I'm afraid you're stuck here, buddy, Elliot quipped. I am not your buddy. I am a knight and a prince. You shall address me as... Okay, please calm down, both of you, pleaded Ava. In medieval times, Ava had fallen in love with Bob. But to be honest, she was kind of over him now. Ava told him that in this new world, they'd just be friends. Cat and Dana promised to get Bob back to his own time period as soon as possible. Principal Cooper took Bob's sword for safety reasons. We have a zero-tolerance policy when it comes to weapons, the principal said. Now, let's get you some new clothes. Elliot was about the same size as Bob, so Bob traded in his suit of armor for jeans and some t-shirts. It's hard being the new kid in school, but it's even more difficult when your new school is several hundred years in the future. Bob had a difficult time adapting. He was kicked off the basketball team for angrily challenging an opposing player to a joust. His cooking instructor was furious when he used a giant sword... How did he get that back? To slice a rather small loaf of bread. And he often found himself at odds with his history teacher's view of the past, particularly his view of one time in the past. This isn't working, Elliot confided to his former time-traveling friends. Yeah, we really have to get this guy back to his own time before the big homecoming dance, Ava said worriedly. Bob keeps going on and on about it. Honestly, I can't bear to take him. Dana asked, Cat, do you have any ideas? Cat replied confidently, I do. We build a time machine. We did it before. We can do it again. That's just what they did. The foursome worked around the clock as they had months before to build an even more efficient time-traveling device. But won't you all miss me? Bob asked. They all pretended that they would have a hard time getting on without him, but in reality he was getting on their nerves. For example, he was used to being served meals very different from the pizza and mixed vegetables that were fed to him in the school cafeteria. And the lunch ladies were sick and tired of being told that he'd have them thrown in the dungeon if they didn't cook up something better. Finally, after many failed attempts... Cat was convinced she had cracked the time-traveling code. It's fixed, really? Elliot asked. There's only one way to find out, Cat replied. Dana and Ava looked at each other, concerned. After all, their previous time travels had gotten them in deep trouble, on more than one occasion. They had no choice, though. Bob had to go back to his own medieval time. One day after school, those time-traveling teens decided to give their new invention, the Time Hopper 2.0, a try. It worked, and it worked even better than before. At once, they had Bob back to his own time period. I'll miss you terribly, Ava, Bob confided, sadly. Yeah, me too, Ava rushed. Okay, we gotta go. Quicker than you can blink, the McFly Middle School Science Club found themselves back in 2019, without their armor-clad friend, and without anyone figuring out what they had done. Their new time machine worked even better than the old one. All that and we were only gone 15 minutes, Cat noted. That kind of jump in time would have taken two or three hours with our old device, Dana added. It worked so well that the T-4 group, a nickname they'd given themselves, was tempted to take an additional hop or two? What's the worst that could happen? These were smart kids, though, and all four knew that they should quit while they were ahead. And that's exactly what they agreed to do. They even pinky-swore to it, no more time traveling, do you believe them? those time-traveling teens went back to their normal lives at McFly Middle School, free of any more time-hopping adventures. At least for now. That's all for this week, listeners. Thank you for tuning in once again. Next week, an update on Tanner and Max. Splendid own computer whiz kids quantum leaping from one video game to the next. I believe I've located them. And in the weeks ahead, prepare for a Kid Space Force Trilogy, a return of our Kid Superheroes. You'll meet the Kid Explorers. There's two sets of Kid Explorers. There's an underground group of Kid Explorers and a forest group of Kid Explorers. Our Kid Detectives will be back to tackle the case of the endangered Easter. And before you know it, all will band together on a search for the seven stones of Pangea. But that is a story still a couple of months in the making. In the meantime... Be good to each other, and have a wild and wonderful week, listeners. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab is written and read by Jonathan Joy. And Levi Joy. I'm Rissy Joy. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Spread the word. Tell a friend. If you don't, Professor Theo might zap you back in time. If he could do that type of thing, I mean. Also, please consider supporting this project by making a small monthly pledge at ProfessorTheo.com. You can email our family at theprofessortheo at gmail.com or tweet at us at Theo underscore mystery. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week.